This is Seth Day, joined by Crystal Sunshine and Rebecca Hackmeyer, and you're listening to Rad Child Podcast. So before we get started today, I have uh, a sad announcement, which is that unfortunately my computer has died. Um, what that means for the podcast is that it's going to be a little bit more difficult for me uh, as far as that's how I edit, that's how I record. So unfortunately, I'm in the awkward position of asking um, you, my lovely listeners, uh, as well as folks in my community for help. I've decided to start a crowdfunder in order to get the funds for a new laptop. So if you are able to share that um, or donate, that would be amazing. Um, Really, you know, if every listener donated a dollar, I would have enough money to get a new laptop. Um, And it's Canadian dollars. So if you're in America, that's only like 70 cents, (laughs) just for the record. Um, so if you would like to do that to donate or share, um, if you go to www.radchildpodcast.com or any of our social media, you'll see the link for that crowdfunder there. There's a very cute picture of a sad laptop. (laughs) So if you're able to do that, that would really be incredible. Um, I would really like to be able to continue this project. It means a lot to me. What does that mean practically for you listeners? Um, basically it means that episodes hopefully will still be coming out on schedule. I do have access to another computer when I'm at home. Um, so I'm going to do my best, um, to edit during the the little time that I'm actually in my house. Uh, so hopefully things will still be on schedule, but please bear with me, um, as I sort of figure out, um, how to how to manage all of this also you'll notice that we didn't have our little intro as usual or our little uh opening jingle because i lost all the music <laughs> because that was on my laptop so i'm gonna do my best to get those files back um but until then please just bear with me in a little bit of a sad music list podcast world <laughs> I do have one more exciting announcement, which is that I'm going to be hosting some virtual story and music times. The first of which will actually be today, uh, if you're listening the day of release, uh, Friday, March 27th. And those are going to be at 10 a.m. EST and 4 p.m. EST. So hopefully um, try, I try to accommodate different time zones. Um, so hopefully you can make one of those. And all you have to do is go to our Facebook page and you can find out all the information there. So if you just search Rad Child Podcast on Facebook, we're the first one that comes up, uh, which, you know, makes sense. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, you'll find out all the information you need there. There's two events, one for each single along and we're just going to meet on zoom if you've never used zoom before it's really easy um you just click on the link to join the uh, sing-along and if you if you want you can do video and voice uh you could do one or the other or you could do neither so if you want everyone to be able to see you dancing and singing along um then you could do video if you'd rather just watch uh you can do it like that too so i hope to see lots of you there and um Hopefully it'll be something that continues every Friday. Uh, So we'll see how it goes and I will keep you posted. Just check, check Facebook for updates about that. All right. Without further ado, enjoy the show. 
All right. So um, this week we are talking about body positivity and body liberation. Again, it's a it's a buffet of terms. You can choose the one that you like. Um, so today I am joined just by Rebecca. Um, Crystal is not with us today. Hello, hello. <laughs> so I guess uh, I'm just going to get things started and talk about my book because I'm really excited about Yay. it. So um if you listen regularly, you will know that I can't stop talking about this book. I've been talking about, I had it in French first, um, and in French it's called Cher Corps Je T'aime, uh, Dear Body, I Love You. Um, and it finally just came out in English, uh, at least in the U.S., because it was originally published in English, but then for some reason came here in French before it came in English. Um, it was just just published in English for the U.S. and it's called Love Your Body in English and that's by Jessica Sanders and illustrated by Carol, Carol Rossetti. Um, and it was published by Corto, I believe, right? Corto Knows. Um, and uh, what do you call it? The Francis Lincoln imprint. Thank you. Francis Lincoln imprint of Corto Knows. So... Um, this book, honestly, I think I'm going to try uh, something a little different this week, and I'm just kind of kind of read through it. Uh, and as I read, because there's just so much good content in it that I think it would be weird. It would be hard to do it any other way. Um, okay, I'm going to so let, let me let me get my blanket, get my cozy blanket, get ready for the <laughs> yes. read aloud. I'm going to. Yes, my- the read aloud, read aloud <laughs> with Seth. Um, and then I'm just going to kind of stop uh, as I get to my way to goes and room to grows Mm -hmm. that way we don't have to do the whole thing twice so this is love your body by jessica sanders and carol rossetti there will be so much page flipping and for the reader the listeners should know that i actually am getting a read aloud right now because seth is showing me the books through the magic of the internet yes and i will describe any super relevant illustrations that i like Your body is unique. No one has a body quite like yours, and that's amazing. Every body is different, and every body is a good body. Mm. And I see some kids, and they're all playing, and they're all all sorts of different, different kinds of kids. Your body is always changing, and you will notice some of the biggest changes when you go through puberty. And there's a little asterisk, and then it explains what puberty is. Puberty is a time when your body changes and grows on the inside and outside to look more like an adult's body. Going through puberty can feel like a weird time. Your body will change on the inside and outside. Your body will become bigger and it will take up more space and that's okay. All right. And yes. So first of all, I love the idea of taking up more space. Totally. And that it's okay to take up space. Um, And then we have this really great spread of all these different kinds of bodies. There are fat bodies, skinny bodies, um, bodies of all different colors. There's a body with vertiligo. someone with glasses short tall there's a little person there's someone with a prosthesis so you just have like all sorts of different kinds of people which i love um and oh it is is of note that this book is specifically for girls so everybody depicted is a girl um i mean i i'm pretty sure this was written with cisgender girls in mind oh, so interesting. to keep that in the back of your head right um bodies come in all different forms and abilities all these bodies are different and all these bodies are good bodies there is no one size ability or color that is perfect what makes you different makes you you and you are amazing um so again there's like another spread with all different kinds of bodies there's a body with stretch marks there's an, a different body uh, with a prosthesis there's leg hair there's armpit hair which I, as someone who always had armpit hair i'm like yes 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's body, there's two bodies with stretch marks, um, just all sorts of different, different awesome. What I like about this also is it's not like there's one person with this. There's one person with that. Like even on these two pages, there's like multiple bodies with stretch marks. There's multiple bodies with prosthesis. There's two, you know, multiple like little people. Right. Or, you know, it's not just like we've got one of each. It's not tokenizing. Um, it's like yes, actual exactly. representation. Yes. Um, and I also like the idea they're saying that there's no size, ability, color that's perfect, um, which is a little bit different than uh, when we were reading Her Body Can. Uh, last week, it was a little bit like, she's perfect and so are you. And instead of being like, everybody is perfect, it's like, nobody is perfect. Like, perfect isn't the thing right. that we're striving right. for. So I like that juxtaposition. Can I interject a thought there? Yeah. Um, that reminds me of actually another book that was kind of influenced by um, like French style or French thinking, which is um, uh, Bringing Up Bebe. Oh, I love that a, book. The parenting book. So that also yeah. like that, I guess um, that uh, what she gloms onto is that mantra that there is no perfect mother. Right. So the messaging in that, like the idea of rather than trying to strive for perfection or we're all perfect is that perfect does not exist like there is mm-hmm. no perfect yeah um which is so that's it is to see that it's i wonder if there's kind of that same messaging that's kind of trickling down into this book yeah. although you said this was an australia-based book so maybe it's just that more people are getting the message that perfect is a ideal to which we should not subscribe it reminds and that's me great. of the idea like i think when i was a kid it finally started to be a thing like people would say like normal is a setting on a dryer like normal is not you know there is no normal right normal is boring that was the button on my jansport backpack (laughs) i love it um but uh but so i i think that that's finally starting to like you were saying sort of trickle down for the idea of perfection as well of like instead of like everybody's perfect it's just like no nobody's perfect like that's that's great like that differences is what makes us awesome um you know yeah yeah so we have it's so this page i have a little bit of a feelings about it's important to accept and love yourself exactly as you are do not wait until tomorrow start right now um so that i feel a little bit like don't tell me what to do um (laughs) (laughs) um, uh, well we were talking about uh, when i was talking with the folks um the to fat activists for the episode about fat, uh, fat positivity. We were talking about this idea of it's a, like some days I'm not going to love my body and like, you know, for anybody, right? Some days you're not going to love your body. And like, I don't want to feel like a failure on the day that I don't love my body. And now what I will say is I appreciate it more. It's important to accept yourself exactly as you are. I think there's a big difference between accepting and loving Right. Like I think saying like, hey, this is my body. This is where I'm at. This is what my abilities are. This is what I can do. And like I accept that that is, you know, what my body is. But I don't have to like it all the time. Absolutely. Yeah. Can I share? I have – I have a quote yeah. from Roxane Gay, mm-hmm. um, author of Hunger, A Memoir of My Body, that we actually include in our our book box, our shift book box mm. on this topic um, of, of dismantling fat phobia and celebrating bodies, because she says along the same lines, I struggle with body positivity with myself. It's hard some days to feel positive about my body in a world that is constantly telling me that my body is a problem and that my body needs to be fixed and that my body repulses. So I mean, I'm human, 
but I believe in body positivity and fat positivity. And I think that it should be the norm that people are encouraged to be positive, not just accepting, but positive about Mm. the bodies that they live in. So she's also kind of identifying that tension between like, do I have to love my body? Do I love my body every day? No, I believe in moving past acceptance to being positive. Mm. And right. So she, I, she seems to be identifying a similar. I think there's something about um, the idea of like striving for that, but not telling. Like there's something about, and that's, well, going back to the title, in English, the title is Love Your Body. In French, the title is Dear Body, I Love You. And for me, Dear Body, I Love You, there's agency in that. There's like, I am choosing to love my body. I'm telling my body, hey, thanks for the things you do. You know, it's like more intimate and it's more my choice. And I feel like love your body is like, again, I'm a New Yorker. Someone tells me to do something. I'm like, get away from me. Right. Well, it's a directive. It's a directive. And it, it, yeah, you're absolutely right that it's taking the agency out of of it for the reader. So that is another one of my room to grow is I'm not wild about the title in English. It just makes me think of talking about how I'm a little bit like, you tell me to do something, I'm not going to do it. Um, when I was four, three or four years old, I was sitting in the car and we were just like sitting in the car in silence, like with my parents, we were driving back from somewhere. And I, out of nowhere, just said, um, mom, you and daddy can tell me what to do, but I'm going to do whatever I want. And my parents <laughs> were just like, going to die. Um, and I held true to that. <laughs> right? That you, you knew your, your life, your life kind of uh, platform and you stated it clearly and you adhered to it. And I, I have nothing but respect for that. That's fantastic. Oh my God. But anyway, moving on. Our bodies are amazing. They can do many, so many incredible things. Bodies are not just to be looked at and admired. Our bodies are so much more than that. And we see someone lifting weights, someone doing some sort of martial arts, some people playing basketball. Um, and I appreciate that sentiment that, um, you know, it's like, yeah, like bodies can be looked at and like, that's cool. But like bodies are more than just like something to look at. And that's not where their worth lies. Right. Um And this is where it gets a little bit like, here are some hot tips. Um, (laughs) If you you are ever finding it hard to love your body, try writing a list of all the things your body helps you do. Here are some examples. I love that my ears can hear music and that my body can dance to sound. I love that my body is strong enough to pick up my little brother and give him a hug. I love that my eyes can see my favorite TV show and read my favorite book. I love that my hands help me create beautiful things. I love that my nose can smell the saltiness of the sea and the flowers in the garden. And it shows a, a person thinking uh, thinking about all of these different different things, pondering with their list. Right. Um, uh, and this person also, I appreciate, has armpit hair. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I, like, I like the specificity of calling attention to like, appreciating your eyes if Mm -hmm. that feels like a like a nice nod to um moving toward a space where we just acknowledge that not everyone has the same abilities and disabilities and divergences that we have like so having those acknowledgments seems like a powerful thing yeah and i i think about i mean more so with i think that i mean with our bodies definitely but with a lot of things, you know, technology and all sorts of things. I think we take a lot of stuff for granted. And I have mm-hmm. this joke that was based on something a comedian said, who I, I won't reference because I don't like most of their work and it's 
not not uh, sexist and bad but they said one thing that was funny um ever no just kidding um that was talking about how when we're in an airplane uh and so whenever my wife and i are like having you know whatever there's delays or whatever you know and people are complaining i'm like you're on a chair in the sky you cannot <laughs> complain <laughs> like, you know like that's amazing and we take things like that for granted and i think right that idea of just like appreciating and like they were saying like all bodies have different abilities and it gets into that a little bit later in the book um but like all bodies have different abilities and appreciating the things that your body can do um as opposed to like what what your body looks like, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I think that that's like I wouldn't you know I wouldn't necessarily have thought of that. So I like and you know me I like practical I like things that are like here are some things you could do, um, <laughs> and we always love a good montage yes. of, of of different options. Um, and then next page says. If that list isn't working, <laughs> here's another <laughs> list of helpful things you can do when you're feeling a little down. Taking time to look after your mind and body is called self-care. Self-care is a great way of showing kindness to yourself, and it's a skill you can use throughout your whole life. And then it lists nine different things you can do. I will read some of them. Um, stand in front of the mirror and say, my body is strong. My body can do amazing things. My body is my own. Go out outside and connect with nature. Find a nice tree to sit under or lie under some gr- grass lie on some under some grass lie on some grass and feel the blades of grass on your skin um let's see put on a crazy and colorful outfit and strut around acting confident until you start feeling that way uh, let's see Do don't some... love the use of the word crazy there I, that is my <laughs> i have a note that right. is so so um for folks who you know might not be aware crazy is a little bit ableist of mm-hmm. a word i try to um mine my replacement for that is wild i say wild a lot right um i appreciate so that's my put on like put on a wild and colorful outfit it would have worked yep so yep just sub sub that right in there yeah so if you're if you're reading this book and you would like to substitute a word there you go mm-hmm. um help a friend or family member it can be a relief to get out of your own head and help others it will really make you feel good to do someone i, I would say it could might make you right. feel really good i won't say it will um to do something for someone else so that's another room to go for me again don't tell me how i'll feel <laughs> well exactly um it says to do some stretching uh search for positive quotes learn learn how to knit crochet or cross stitch or draw patterns it's calm you know it's really calming to use your hands and concentrate on one thing so my, my wife and I, um, the, so the original version of this that I had was in French. So my wife and I read it together because she's she speaks French fluently. It's her first language. So she was helping me translate a little bit. And she was like, I feel attacked by this book. These are all things that I do, like as someone with anxiety. Uh, <laughs> you know, like she literally just learned to, to knit. Um, right. A, as something to like calm herself. She knows she's or like doing, um, she's found yoga helpful in the past or she t- takes a walk every day going outside. And so I like that it's not just here's one thing you can do. Like here's a bunch of different things you can try. Um, mm-hmm. And for her, like she volunteers every week and that helps her to feel to feel better as well. And she like, uh, what do you call it? Just like get out of her own head, you know, and help help someone else. Um, so I think that these are all like practical things that are actually things that people do not just like oh go you know here's an exercise that's not actually going to do anything for you right so this Um, seems to be informed by kind of what the best practices are for specifically for people with anxiety and maybe body i want Um, um 
it'd be interesting to think about what what is missing from that list mm. if it were to take a wider lens. And I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but if it were to take a wider lens about like who needs to love their body and being a little bit less prescriptive for people who you assume are already kind of struggling. Yeah, like I wonder if uh, if these are just things that happen to also work for folks with anxiety, like, I don't know. I just noticed that not having someone in my life who has anxiety and reading this with them, we noticed that a lot of these things were, uh, coping mechanisms that she, right. she uses. Um, right, right. but, but I appreciate that it's, that there's, there's a nine different ideas. Um, and they're all, I mean, I think they're all like pretty, pretty good ideas because I could look at one and be like, I'm not going to do that. That's silly. And another one might, you know, might stick out to me. And again, you know me, I just love practical. Like like I don't just, as opposed to let's say her body can or books that are more just like love your body. Like celebratory. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, okay, that's great. What do I do? How do I do that? And so I like that this is like, here's what you can do. Um, So the following page says, if you ever try some of these things and they aren't making you feel better, then it's very important you seek help from a trusted adult or from one of the organizations listed in the back of this book. Uh, Everyone needs to ask for help. Sometimes you're not alone. Um, And there's, I really like this spread because um, on the one page, there is a person with vertigo and they're looking at their phone, you know, presumably looking up, talking to a trusted adult or looking, (laughs) searching for these organizations, um, which each book, so I have the US version, as well as the French version. And in the French version, there are resources for Quebec and for France. And in this version, there are US resources, I'm assuming the one published in the UK has UK resources, um, and Australia, etc. But yeah, I really appreciate that. And like afterwards we looked at at least the ones in Quebec, my wife was like, oh, I know these. These are all really great organizations. So they did their homework, it seems like. That's really cool. Um, and then on the other side of this spread, I really appreciate, and it's not the only um, the only two in this book, but there are two uh, people wearing hijabs who are just like comforting. One is comforting the other one. And I appreciate right. that, again, that it's not tokenizing there's not one person wearing a hijab in this book. Right. Um, how, how do we feel about the fact that the person with vertiglio is the person that is kind of presented as maybe not even feeling better after they try the self-care? I didn't, you know, I didn't pick up on that. I more just felt like I mean, it's a, the, the representation's amazing for sure. No, that's a, that's a good thought. I didn't really think about that. Um, I'm more, I guess I more saw it as like everybody needs help regardless mm-hmm. of what you look like, regardless of who you are you know um but yeah I guess that's a that's a point to be made is you know is it like oh well you're so so far different (laughs) or like you're so (laughs) that you're still gonna this isn't gonna work for you you're still gonna need help yeah I wonder right um if that message is thank you I didn't think about that yeah it's it's funny because I think sometimes when because there definitely is right a push and a movement to be more inclusive and to have more representation. And sometimes you're not thinking about the, um, uh, like the subliminal message yes, or the exactly. kind of impl- implicit messaging that you're sending when you couple certain text and word and, and image. Like this is very silly and a total sidetrack, but I, I am currently playing a campaign of Dungeons and Dragons. And Tell me more. Tell cre- me more. And I was creating my character and I was creating my character's backstory. And there was a character in that backstory who 
was one of the you know there are many different kinds of races in Dungeons and Dragons just like in, you know in, the, in that world in the Forgotten mm-hmm. Realms like you mm-hmm. know there are orcs and there are goblins and there are you know whatever there's all gnomes and halflings and all yeah exactly and, all different yeah, kinds of things yeah, yeah. and all of these you know and and just like in our world there's different kind of standings of like who mm-hmm. you know is seen as evil and who is seen as um you know lesser and better and smarter and all these kinds of different things and i was writing my character's backstory and she had a best friend who kind of became her rival and i was like i can't and at first she was one of those like minority races and i was like no i can't make the minority people be bad like right, in my head right. it was like it i was like no she's going to be human because humans are evil. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, <laughs> half kidding. Um, yeah. Hashtag you know, sorry, not sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like I actually, like I think about that a lot when I'm creating things. I'm like, well, I don't want the person of color to be the the villain in this or I don't want the, you know, you have to. So that definitely is something that you have to think about when you're creating um, right, right. You know, even for me and my little, like, no one's going to see this thing that I'm creating, and I'm still like, I can't make that happen. <laughs> but as, but when we, but when you're doing that, you are you are fighting, you're flipping the yeah. implicit bias, or you know, you're, you're flipping mm-hmm. kind of the implicit messaging and framing that we have been saturated in for yeah. the entirety of our lives. So making those active choices to dismantle those and flip those scripts is really important. Um. Your body is really quite incredible, and if you listen, you can hear it speaking to you. Your body will tell you what it needs by sending signals. It's really smart like that. Your body will let you know when you need to eat, and it will let you know when you need to rest. Listening to your body and giving it what it needs is another way you can practice self-care. Oh, I also just love that we're talking about self-care. And like yeah. our natural cues, which we forget a lot. <laughs> um and I think, like, I think about that even with the kids that I'm nannying now. Like, yeah, 1030 is technically snack time. But if they are, like, asking me for food at 930, I will give them food because I don't want to destroy their natural hunger cues. Right. Because I'm like, right. we have to stick to the schedule, you know. Yeah. That's something that I struggle with with my own in my own parenting, actually, is that particular, that spread really resonates because the idea of allowing my child to know when he's hungry and when he's no longer hungry mm. and kind of fighting the urge to say, well, maybe, you know, make sure you eat something green or like mm-hmm. all of, all of the, all of that is, um, I know it in my head and as an educator. So I, I, I know it to be true, but it is hard in practice yeah. to l- allow, allow the natural consequences to take place so that mm-hmm. they learn about sugar rushes and feeling low blood sugar and low yeah. energy and um, kind of allowing them the space to do that can be um, challenging to implement in practice when you're a busy family trying to get from point A to point B and make sure, you yeah. know, A, B, C, D happen. Um, so I appreciate that spread. Yeah. Well, it's a similar to, I think it was in another episode I was talking to someone about, they were, uh, or maybe it was just in conversation I was talking to, I believe another nanny and they were saying, you know what, when we we're talking about the fight to get kids to wear outerwear to go outside. Mm. And she was like, if you don't want to, I'm like, if you don't wear a jacket, fine, you won't wear a jacket and you're going to be cold and that's gonna be your problem. You know, and I think it's hard because, right, we also as the adults then have to face the consequences of having now a complaining cold child or other people judging us or 
you know, right. or so, carrying all the stuff in yes. order to be prepared. Or- yes. So, so I understand both sides of that for sure. The practicality and then the, um, you know, the ideal of like wanting to, and, and I think also like, at least for me, I came from the generation of clean your plate. Right. Um, and I think it's hard sometimes to get out of that that mindset and also as a nanny I sometimes feel stressed if a kid's not eating enough because I feel like it's going to reflect badly on me which is so silly but like you know sometimes if a kid's not I I once had very picky kids and I was always like I would always be nervous to tell the parents if they didn't eat well um, right because I was like well that does that reflect bad on me like I wasn't forced because they would kind of force feed them and I just wasn't about that Right. But then you had to be the one to say, yes, I know that you're now transitioning quickly to ballet class, but, but your child actually didn't have any after school snack. Yeah. You know, like having, having to be that person to say like, now I feel like I have not set you up for success. Yeah. Um, Because they might be cranky. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. And I, I found, so as a, as a, as a nanny and as a childcare provider, I, I absolutely felt, um, that, that stress or that tension. And then when I became a parent and then was breastfeeding for so long, like I, I would find myself like feeling anxiety until my child ate, which I know yeah. is on me. And that's something that I needed to work on. Um, but there was something about when I knew that he had eaten, I relaxed. Yeah, And so that's something that I've, you know, worked, I think that had a lot to do with kind of the intensity of a newborn phase and kind of the toddler phase. But um, it's something that I think all of us can, can learn from that spread to recognize sleep cues, recognize hunger cues. I think adults too, because I know I totally ruined all my hunger cues. Well, because like when you're on a schedule, you got to eat when you can eat when you're working. Right. right? And so um, I think, I think it can be really tricky, but yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is, I really love this spread. Sometimes your body might not be able to do the things you want it to do. And sometimes it might feel like your body is working against you instead of with you. When you feel this way, remember that your body is doing the best it can. All bodies are different and all bodies have different strengths. Find your body's strengths and love and embrace them. Um, and the spread is someone with glasses and then, uh, two people in, uh, two wheelchair users playing some kind of sport. It looks like a soccer ball, but I don't. But right. they're holding it in their hand, so I'm not I'm not sure. But they're playing. Sport. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also don't know how soccer works when you're in a wheelchair. So, right, good involved point. pants. Who knows? Yeah. Um, that's some research that I need to do now. Um, <laughs> My only but... research from that is a Friday Night Lights. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I like again. We have two people in wheelchairs, two people of different abilities in wheelchairs, um, and so I. Uh, I appreciate that spread. Also, just a side note, if you get, I mean, I, I will post a picture of this on Instagram, but if you're a Steven Universe fan, the person with the glasses looks exactly like Connie from Steven Universe. It's really <laughs> funny. My wife and I think it's very funny because we're big Steven Universe fans. Um, you can celebrate your body and show the world who you are by developing your own style. Dress for you and how you feel. This might change from day to day and that's okay. You will feel, feel your happiest when you're just being yourself. And there's a lovely spread of people trying on different kinds of clothes. I really appreciate that the person with stretch marks has like short shorts and a crop top on. Yeah, um, that's a fantastic spread. That's yeah. just beautiful. And there's all different kinds of people wearing all different kinds of things. Um, and it's just very lovely. Another person in hijab on this page. 
because there can't, it's not just one. It just makes me so happy. I feel like I have to keep mentioning it. Your body is an incredible instrument for you to use. Use your body to move, laugh, cry, hug, and feel. Use your body to live your life in whatever way you choose and know that you are always worthy of love and respect. Yes. Yes, you Mm -hmm. are. We see people doing all different, doing yoga and uh, laughing and crying and hugging and feeling. (laughs) It's really neat. Um, your body is incredible. That is true. But your body is, but you are so much more than your body. So this page, I also have a little bit of a feelings about. You are smart, curious, passionate, fierce, kind, and courageous. These are just some of the many things that make you you. You don't know me. Right. <laughs> that feels a little like you don't know that I have these attributes. Um, but and I, it kind of, it, it adds a uh, it privileges those attributes, right? Yes. Like it's kind of saying like, this is a list of, of positive qualities and this is what you should aim for. Yeah. So for me, that page is a little, like I, I would maybe have just said like you have, you know, there are other things about you as well. You know, you have other attributes, you know, some people are very this, some people are that, some people are, you know, uh, I would have maybe just listed examples instead of saying you are, I'm like, I don't know. Or like know. showing a couple people, a couple different people with like yeah. kind of words around them, like word yeah. clusters that were different, yes. right? So you could pick and choose the ones that are related to you. Yeah. So that's a little bit, that's another one of my room to grows. Again, I just have a problem when people are telling me about myself. I'm like, don't tell me. You and every three and four year old and you when you were three and four. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Loving yourself both for what is on the inside and outside is called self-love. Self-love can be a journey full of highs and lows. Self-love is the most important kind of love because the relationship you have with yourself and with your body is the most important relationship you will ever have. Um, White girl hiking in the mountains. Yeah. That could have been, you know different yeah um like i appreciate the idea of like being alone in nature but But not everyone has access to nature no and we could have represented that differently um and also like i don't know how i feel about like i like the idea that like you're you know having a relationship with your body right yeah that is going to be your longest lasting relationship and it's you know definitely important one but again i don't know how i feel about them saying like self-love is the most important kind of love I don't know. I think it's definitely important, but I don't know if it's the most important. That feels like a strong statement to make. Right. I'm going to need to see some research to back that up. (laughs) Where are the citations? Um, And also to have that page be kind of the the ultimate, like self-love is important. Like this, this is what this looks like. And then to have it be a able-bodied white Person slim, yeah. slim woman hiking solo in, in these majestic mountains kind of uh, raises some red flags for me Yeah, in I terms think- of like privilege and like kind of undercutting the messaging that's been presented yeah, throughout. And I, I think bit. that this, what this book, what I love about it is there are a lot of really great montages. And I think that this page would have benefited from a montage showing different ways that we can love ourselves. Right. Um, By sitting on the steps with a friend in an urban, like in a cityscape yeah. or being at a roller skating rink. Reading um, a book. Um, right. Like doing, there are so many different things. Like I was talking to my friends recently. I, uh, we had a spa day over the weekend and I, we like went to Lush, which is a wonderful, if you don't know about Lush, find a Lush in your area. 
Um, lush is, is lovely. It's great. It's, it's luscious. Yes. Um, but basically they, they have, you know, all kinds of stuff to pamper yourself. And we went there and we got like, we did foot soaks and we did our nails and I made a lot of like homemade, like lip scrubs and bodies, you know, like hand and foot scrubs. And we just like had a whole, put on the music oh, wow. and the, you know, the diffuser. And it was like a very, you know, and at the end of the day, I, I had my friends over two days in a row. So this kitchen was wild when they arrived. And I was like, you know what, guys, like, if it's okay, like, do you mind helping me clean up? And they were like, I love my friends. They were like, thanks for asking for help when you needed help. And I was nice. just like, I love you guys. <laughs> and But anyway, we were having a conversation about how, for me, in order to, like, because I care mostly about my friends like I would never have just done that for myself and so like for me my self-love and self-care is like having people over and because that's the only time I will allow myself to relax and do those things because like Mm. I'm doing it for someone else also right so I was like you guys like I in my calendar I have color-coded like purple is work and yellow is like uh you know appointments and things like that and brown is self-care and I like hanging out with my friends is always listed as self-care and so, like, that's, you know, a really good represent, like, hanging out with your friends might be, like, it's not just being alone or um, even though it's something you're doing for yourself, it's not necessarily being alone. Right. You Absolutely. Know? And it's um, it's sometimes, yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, you yeah. said it perfectly. I will not even <laughs> try to build on what you've said. I will, I will shut my mouth. <laughs> Show your body love and thanks by practicing self-care. Sometimes you will forget and some day, days it will feel near, nearly impossible and that's okay. When this happens, just remember to be kind to yourself. Speak to yourself like you would your very best friend. I love that because that's, again, that's another thing that um, both my wife and I have been in therapy for a long time for various reasons and that's like a therapy tactic of like when you're being mean to yourself thinking like would I say this to someone else right you know so I appreciate again this is like researched advice this is not just like they're not just pulling things out of nowhere many of the people around you are also learning how to love their bodies you can help them by sharing the lessons you've learned in this book (laughs) and showing them the same love and kindness you would show yourself and we have another lovely spread of all different kinds of bodies but it's um it's very it's very like girl power support your sisters Mm -hmm. it's very Mm -hmm. like uh I I would say the sort of like cis woman feminist sort of like there's no pussy hats but there could be is how this spread feels a little bit (laughs) right and that I think that that's a good analogy kind of for for the whole like a good metaphor for the book right like it it, you could put a pussy hat on this book and it would it would the book wearing a little hat (laughs) yeah I mean for for better or worse right yeah and I I still think that it has a lot of value but it definitely I don't see any um, of course right you can't always uh, tell that a person is trans by looking at them but I don't see any overtly any characters in this book that appear to be trans to me like they didn't try to put that inclusion right. in there it doesn't seem right. like it um i will say uh now what <laughs> if you notice a little voice in your head saying mean things about your body remember to be kind to yourself tell that little voice my body is strong my body can do amazing things my body is my own try writing your own self-care list what activities or thoughts can make you feel calm what makes you happy keep your list somewhere close and use it when you feel you need it uh, you could find some self-care suggestions on pages 16 and 17 of this book <laughs> 
so it just continues with start a journal, write down some of the things that you like to do, and explain how your body helps you do them. When you hear your friends saying something negative about their bodies, gently remind them of the lessons you've learned from this book. You can lift your friends up by listing all all the things you love about their personalities and celebrating these things, the things their bodies can do. So all, all these kinds of, if all these kinds of things, if you're experiencing negative thoughts, start a conversation with someone you trust. Um, Oh, I, I like this a lot. It's important to share how you are feeling with others. Reaching out and seeking help is incredibly brave. Um, yeah, that's nice. That's a good, that's a great message. I really appreciate that. And, and also the other spread that was talking about, um, how everybody needs help sometimes and the seeking help is you know important and normal i think normalizing that because there's a lot of stigma around um asking for help uh absolutely and then and then there's resources there's u.s resources and then it even says if you're if you live outside the u.s like go to go to our website and you can find resources for your area oh that's Um, great and then it has that my body is strong my body can do amazing things my body is my own which my wife and i definitely photocopied this in french and printed it out and put it next to our mirror i think it's so cute Um, who are the are the author is the author and illustrator featured in the back yes they are and that's jessica sanders and carol rossetti who are both up here to be i mean carol rossetti looks like she might be a person of color i'm not sure jessica sanders looks pretty white from what i can tell yeah um designer and illustrator from brazil okay carol rossetti oh cool that's nice um passionate about promoting diversity and women's rights through her art cool that's really cool yeah the art the art in that book i was noticing it's um like even if the message i mean the messaging seems age appropriate for everyone some people Mm -hmm. might think that the discussion about puberty might be premature for some children i would disagree but regardless just having that book on your shelf just for the art alone like just to flip through and see that representation and um, just admire those pictures and those beautiful bodies that are featured. Like that is a great Whoa. addition. Whoa! I just way. oh my god! Turn over what? for a special surprise. I noticed what on the slip cover is happening. Self care list. Oh, that of, is uh, that, that is could, clever. That you can put up, and it says all of the different things that they said. For, I'm putting this up in my house for my wife. <laughs> so it says all of those nine or ten different self care things, like stretching, uh, searching for positive quotes, learning to crochet, those those things that it said on yeah. that page. Um, I love that. I also I pre ordered it. I don't know if they still have any left, but if you pre-order, you get a poster that has the spread of all of the, the different bodies, and it says, um, all bodies are good bodies. Oh, I like that. It's That's really, beautiful. Yeah, I love it. But anyway, overall, I really love this book, despite like there was you know, that one instance of them saying crazy or the, the spread with the you know girl hiking. Like There's a couple of minor things if I'm being nitpicky, but overall, right. I really, really like this book. I think it's a great addition to any library. I think that you could read it at any age like I'm the kind of person right like my kids my you know kids that I nanny who are less than two they're not going to sit through this whole book but we read it in chunks and we look at the pictures and yeah I mean if we're being real they're not totally comprehending any book we're reading <laughs> like, they, <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know like they're you know so it's really um and that's what they always say is like it's just important to even from a young age it's just important to talk to kids they say like you could just read the newspaper to them or what it's just that they're hearing right, words right. and if if you're choosing what to read to them you might as well read something with a good you know exactly and then uh, and, and 
showing them those pictures, like having, I, I think that the pic, the visuals in this book are the most powerful thing to yes. me, like just having that representation. Like I don't love some of the messaging that goes along with some of the visuals. I do think it has kind of a white feminist yes. lens in some ways, but the pictures are fantastic. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And overall, I yeah. just, yeah, I really like it. So um, thanks for joining me for story time today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, tell me about your book. Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of just want to bask in the Seth story hour for a while. Maybe we should just make this a regular <laughs> segment where I get to interject while you read to me. Um so the, story, the book that I chose this week is a book that we feature in our shift book box for um, dismantling fat phobia and celebrating bodies. Um, and it's called The Best Part of Me. Mm. Children talk about their bodies in pictures and words. Ooh. And so the, the um, photographer for this book and the person who kind of, insp- oh, I should, it, it, her name is Wendy um, Ewald, E-W-A-L-D. And let me pull up my information sheet now that I'm getting into my turn. Um, So Wendy Ewald is a Michigan-born photographer, and she is a highly acclaimed artist and educator. She is the recipient of a MacArthur and a Fulbright and a Guggenheim Mm. Fellowship. And so she is the – she started a program at Duke University called the Literacy Through Photography Program. Mm. And this book is a project that developed out of that that program. Mm. And it, and it was done in collaboration with educator Lisa Lord, um, who works in the Durham Public Schools oh, okay. um, around in and around Duke University and um, her her students. So this book um, features the third, fourth and fifth grade class of Miss Lord mm-hmm. with photography by Wendy Ewald. And it was published by Megan Tingley Books of Little Brown and Company. Um, and so essentially what um, what Wendy Ewald does is work with students to produce images that feel authentic to them. Mm. So sometimes they are behind the camera. I mean, um, so I mean, they are kind of directing the shots. Mm-hmm. So she's she's the photographer. In other projects that she does, the subjects kind of get, are in tr- are both in front of and behind the camera. Oh, I love in that. In this instance, she has the children kind of directing the shots mm. that resonate for them, and then they write a poem about Aww. the best part of themselves. So you can see this is written in the child's handwriting so this oh actually sorry i'm like not able to see so it's it giving Aww. you their poetry so it's a book of, of, of photography and poetry um that was kind of um the inspired by wendy Ewald and done by a group of third fourth and fifth graders mm. and um i so we have eyes feet hair arms, um, teeth, like these, look at this, um, Alejandro Espinoza and his teeth. Here's the photograph. <laughs> um, I love and that. Some of the, so I, I, I want to read, I want to read this, this poem to you. This is about it the teeth? It says, this is the teeth poem okay. by, and it doesn't have a title, but it features teeth and it's by Alejandro Espinosa. And it says, sometimes I can move my teeth. Sometimes my grandma can move her teeth too. 
Did you know baby teeth are smoother than permanent teeth? I can bite and eat with my teeth. I have sharp teeth. So does a shark and my cousin, Laura. <laughs> Laura's been getting up some biting. Exactly. I just, I, so every time I read this book, it, it just the writing, it, something else jumps out at me as just being amazingly poignant or hilarious. And I just think it's fantastic. There's just something really beautiful about like the authenticity and vulnerability of children. Yes. In the, yes. both the writing and the fact that they had onus over the photographs, you know? Yeah. Um, can I share one more with you? Yes, please. This I read by... a whole book to you. You can share whatever <laughs> you want. So this is a poem by uh, Tramika Davis, and there's a picture of her hands. Mm. Um, I shouldn't. I shouldn't gender these. I shouldn't gender people. This is a picture of their hands. I shouldn't presume their pronoun, their pronoun, personal pronouns. But this is called um, my hands. Oh, my hands, my old wrinkled hands. Can't you see the triangles in both of them? In the picture, I have on two real rings, one plastic ring and one fake Tweety Bird ring. I have no (laughs) ring on my thumb. My hands are big. I say strong. I lift some things that are heavy. Maybe that's why they're big and ugly. The reason why my nails aren't long is because I bite them off. I write with my right hand, but if I write with my left, it looks sloppy. See, the reason why I choose my hands is because I like them, even if they're big and ugly. I love that. Yeah. Like, so she, uh, uh, my hands are big. I say strong. Um, Maybe that's why they're big and ugly. So like, there's this kind of this movement through the piece, like this tension between like, like messaging that's telling her her hands are ugly versus her kind of like reclaiming and yeah you know feeling empowered and then ending with this i like them even if they're big and ugly like Like, i I love reclamation of ugly it's just like ugly doesn't mean bad exactly like yeah so i so they're these poems are just profound i love profound children have just uh, like such amazing things to say and an amazing ability to communicate you know those things like uh, I, when I was a kid I used to write poetry all the time and now as an adult if I think I sat down and tried to write a poem I would be so analytical about it being good and it being mm-hmm. it's the same with their art right when you're a kid you're not concerned about it looking good you're just like I'm gonna draw what I want to draw and um I think that that innocence is really beautiful absolutely um, so I, I, the, probably the room to grow, I mean, I guess that something that we kind of sought out when developing the box for shift book box, um, was kind of more, I mean, there's, there's definitely diversity of, um, there's, there's plenty of diversity here. There does not seem in pictured, you don't see a lot of like size diversity necessarily, mm. um, I don't. Uh, I, I don't even know if I would call that a room to grow because I don't. I don't think that's a. That's a note about this book. I don't think it's a f- flaw in this mm-hmm. book. Yeah, and it also had to do with just like what their class looked like. Exactly. Um, and 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 also that the students had have had agency over what part of themselves they wanted to have depicted. Yeah. So we don't actually know kind of see all of yeah. more. 
Yeah. Um, so I, I will note that even though we, we we included it in our body positivity and dismantling fat phobia, this kind of is the more body positivity, which is mm-hmm. why I chose it for this week angle, because it doesn't directly kind of dismantle fat phobia, but it does celebrate bodies absolutely beautifully. And it celebrates it through the, through the words of the owners of those bodies. Yeah. And I think it just does a really profound and funny job. I mean, you know, some of them are just delightfully <laughs> funny in the weirdest ways. Um, a shark has sharp teeth, and so does so my cousin Laura. Cousin Laura. <laughs> I really appreciate people talking about their own bodies instead of, you know, like this, uh, like love your body, where it's someone else talking, like sort of telling you how to feel about your body a little bit. Right. So this is the yeah. So the title of this, the best part of me. Yeah. puts the voice the voice of the child yes. and puts the agency of yes. the child front and center. And, I, and yeah. I love that that's the agency is throughout, like I was saying before, with their own handwriting and their own poetry and them directing the camera and them, you know, it really is, it feels, it doesn't feel voyeuristic. Right. You know, which some kinds of photo projects can feel sometimes. Right, right. So, yeah, I think that Wendy Ewell um, did a really fantastic job kind of coming like working with Lisa Lord and this class to put this together and I'm really interested in seeing what else um what else she has done um there was a a feature on her in the New Yorker um by Andrea Scott that Mm. said since 1975 Wendy Ewald has been entwining photography activism and education in a series of collaborations that upend our prevailing ideas of authorship and authority which I thought was really cool yeah, it was a, very well said. Um, yeah, so I, I I have a lot of way to goes for the best part of me, and um, I don't I can't I can't really identify our room to grow. I think it um, we would, you know, in a perfect world, it would have been a class that included some more incidental representation um, of the kind that we see in um, Love Your Body, but uh, it 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 features many children of color and. and having agency over the project, which is, I think, really a beautiful feat. I love that. Yeah. So that's my that's my book. I love it. I, I need to get a copy of that one. That's a yeah. good one. Yeah. And also even nice for, like, I'm thinking about the every week with my kids I, that I nanny, I do a theme. And I'm like, that would even be great for, like, talking about parts of the body with young kids. Totally. Um, you know, uh, as – as opposed to, right, like with younger kids, my theme might not be body positivity week, right? But, <laughs> but, but it could talking, be. It's true. Right? Uh, I talk to my two-year-olds about fat phobia. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, to be fair, I do Black History Month with them and they're yeah, not exactly. Them, so. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, having them, helping them to, to dictate a poem of some yeah. kind about how they feel about their, their elbow or their knee, <sighs> you know? Like it's all that. part of the process. So... This is a little bit of a side note, but this week, actually, the theme that I'm doing is food. So I have all different kinds of, um, you know, I have like toys that are different kinds of food. Like I have these little cupcakes and like the frosting part comes off. There's $2 at the dollar store. That's very cool. I, we have a we have a great dollar store here called Dollarama. 
Shout out to Dollarama. <laughs> um, like they sell really good stuff and it's everything's $4 or less. Like that's, it's not like one of those dollar stores where like you go there and something's $12 and you're like, get out of here. Um, False advertising. <laughs> there's a dollar sign. That's the closest <laughs> we can get. But anyway, so, you know, I have all these, all these different like activities and things around food and like uh, I have sensory play with like different lentils and, you know, we were like making art with like different things. But anyway, when in doing some some research for activities to do with them i was finding so many things that were like what's healthy food and what's unhealthy food and i was just like mm-hmm. eh, eh, eh. like i'm doing an activity with them the closest i'm getting to that is a, like a plate where we're just learning about the different kinds of food groups right we're saying right. like this is a protein this is i mean again they're two they're like i don't expect <laughs> them to but you know just to talk about different kinds of food but there's no space for dessert on that plate. And I'm like, we are putting dessert on that plate. Oh, for sure. Dessert gets its own plate yep. that is equal yep. in size mm-hmm. because it is equally <laughs> important. Um, and I just am like teaching, like they had, like I have these little flashcards that have different foods on them. And it's like blueberries, tomatoes, you know, and they have things like candy and chips. And, and there were different ways that you could organize them so like I have I printed out the ones that were for colors so it's like blue foods red foods Mm, yellow foods mm -hmm. and I was showing them and we were you know because that was more at their level and then you could also print out from the same packet um, like vegetables versus fruit which I was like a little advanced for them and healthy versus unhealthy foods and I was like are you kidding me I am not going to tell a child that chips are bad for them Right, right. No, no. Like that, that sets kids up for disordered eating and yes. disordered thinking about food but and their bodies food, and hunger cues. There's and not, craving. There's not morality tied to food. Foods aren't bad or good. You're not bad if you eat chips. You're not good if you eat an apple. You know what I mean? And I think that there's exactly. a lot of this. We talked about a lot of this in the um, fat positivity episode, but there's a lot of this messaging, and it just like really struck me as something that probably wouldn't have struck me a year ago when I was researching this theme, and like now. I'm thinking, I'm just like, ugh, like teaching. I think there's value in saying, you know, certain different foods have different nutrients and right. Like you need to have a variety of different foods to keep you healthy. But right, or here's people, why you want to have a variety of food. Of, yeah. You know, here, here's what these different foods and have to offer. there are different ways to get that. Like even, you know, in the proteins I picked out, right? Like I, I just took like a circular and I cut out you know, different things like I have peanut butter, I have fish, I have tofu, I have meat, like, there are so many different ways to get those things too, right? Not everybody wants, you know, eats meat. So like, they could get protein from peanut butter, they could get right, Right. some people are allergic to peanuts, they could get protein from fish, you know, right. Um, But shaming, shaming those things. There's been a lot of research that's shown that, um, or, or I guess, there, shame, Incorporating shame around food is is elitist, right? Because oh, yeah. it, it ends up shaming populations who don't have access yep. to um, to produce or don't have the resources to sit at home and cook that prototypical well balanced meal. Um, and so doing that just perpetuates not only kind of stigmatizing of foods, but stigmatizing of people. I think about that a lot too, the privilege aspect, because when I first moved to Brooklyn, I lived in a food desert. And for folks who may not know what a food desert is, a food desert is a place where it is difficult to get healthy food. Um, there might not be grocery stores, there might not be high quality grocery stores. And I really struggled. I was also 
working at like Starbucks when I first moved, you know, I didn't have a lot of money and I really struggled to eat well or, you know, what they call healthy, right? Like eat a lot of fresh fruits and veggies and eat a lot of like, you know, I had to eat what I could afford and also what I had access to. Um, and, and so there's definitely, you know, this idea of healthy eating is definitely, you know, layered and privileged. And I, I remember I used to work at the Children's Museum of Manhattan and I was an educator there. So I would take school groups and I would, you know, do a tour and it would involve a little class, like a little lesson. And one of them was about health, was about foods uh, because we had a whole a whole thing about your body it was really cool you could like the tongue was like a slide you could like climb into the brain like it was it, oh, was, wow. really, it was really fun um but anyway so we were talking about you know eating and and i remember i had a class of kindergartners from the upper west side so this was basically an all-white class and i asked them what their favorite foods were and they were like avocado sushi you know this that and and i'm just like okay i didn't even know what an avocado was until i was like 25 um <laughs> i've never seen an avocado when i was a kid and uh and then i had a class from of second graders from the bronx who were was a class of all people of color or almost all people of color and i was asking them what their favorite foods were and they were like apple banana you know, um, or just like, it was very basic, you know, just like basic foods, right. but there was such right. a, like a difference in the level of like, I was like, sushi, you are three. <laughs> like I didn't have, su- you know, I know what sushi was when I was a kid, like I was, you know, and it was just, but it was, and their answers to some of the questions, like they were almost at the same like knowledge level about certain things. And it just showed right. The difference in, in education that they had access to and in, you know, these kinds of things. And it was like very, um, I just remember being like very struck by that. Uh, And it's just like, I think we can't, I mean, I don't think we can, I think most of these issues and things have a lot to do with privilege um, and access and things like that. And I think that we can't think about them separately. You know. Right. Who has power? What we what we deem to be the right way to do things, what we deem to be the wrong way to do things, yeah. and how that intersects with yeah. with who has power and who has access. Yeah. And I sure. think that that's that's the that's what um, that's what rubbed me a little bit the wrong way about love your body mm-hmm. was it seemed to be privileging that sushi and avocado lifestyle. Yes. Like all of the things. Well, and I. I only have heard heard it through your read aloud, but it seemed like even the things on the list, like what kind of counts as self-care, um, like knitting and crocheting, like handwork, like that there there's a, le- a layer of privilege there um, mm-hmm. in having the time and the access and the space to sit and do those things. Yeah, I think, well, I, I would argue that I think there was enough things on the list, like I didn't read them all, but like, every, you know, most people can go outside. It didn't say go outside in nature, nature necessarily. It did. It, it did say go outside oh, in nature. Oh, you're right. It did say to and go lay on, lay on the grass and but lay on a tree. Even in a city, you probably have a park. Right. But not every park has grass. That's fair. I mean, I don't know. I was coming from, I've lived in New York City, Boston, Florence, and L.A., and there were parks in at least all of those cities. Definitely. Like definitely. every every city I've lived in has had some kind of park. But to be fair, in LA, I didn't have a car and it was hard to get to the park. So there you go. Not right. That. right. Um, so, you know, that's true. Not everybody. I, I guess I would have framed it like, for example, right now, uh, I was talking about how my wife does a lot of those those kinds of coping mechanisms. And mm-hmm. every day she takes a walk. 
um, and it doesn't need to be to the park. So I think like framing it like that could have been we were talking a little more about, inclusive. Yeah, of... yes, but I do agree that there is definitely. Um, although there are a variety of different things, there was kind of a level of, of privilege of being able to do some of those things for sure. And I think that's where you can tell that it was, you know, who it was written by and from what lens it's coming from. Totally. Totally. Because even when you're trying to be as inclusive as possible, and I mean, we all fall into this, right? You can try to be as inclusive as possible, but you're still coming from your perspective, even if you're trying to think of other perspectives, you know, um, Yeah, which is why it's so commendable that when you go into Dungeons and Dragons, you are (laughs) you're flipping those narratives with intentionality, and that's what we have to do. Gotta do it. So, listeners, when you play Dungeons and Dragons, make sure you're thinking about this. So, before before I get too far (laughs) off track, I just want to thank you again uh, for being here as always, and uh, yeah, it was a pleasure. Yeah, thanks so much for the Seth Story Hour and for <laughs> chatting with me about books. It's Anytime. always fantastic. All right. Bye. All right. All right, folks. Thanks so much for joining us today. And remember, stay rad. <laughs>